When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breath Hub. Take a deep breath. Deep conversations are starting. <sighs> Hi, everyone. In a new episode, Deep Conversations by Breath Hub, I have an amazing, beautiful lady with me, Melissa. My daughter's name as well. She's just gorgeous. Standing in front of me, sitting in front of me, such a light. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, yeah. Nepsha. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being here. I love it here in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so before we start our conversation, how did you end up with being a yoga teacher? How did you start? And maybe why? How it all happened? I would love to hear it. So... I always dabbled in yoga when I was a kid, a little bit when I was in college, university. And um, it wasn't until after college where I started doing yoga just more regularly. And I had in my head, I would love to be a teacher, but I didn't have the confidence to say it out loud until mm. my yoga teacher at the time brought it up to me. And I thought, I've been thinking that. And so that kind of put a little uh, confidence in my heart. And then I moved to Connecticut from Massachusetts to be with my boyfriend, who I'm now married to. And mm. when I was looking up yoga studios, because I decided, okay, I have to stick with this, um, I, all, I found a studio that offered training, yoga teacher training, just in case I wanted to you know, <laughs> keep the option open. And I fell in love with the studio and I was in my early twenties and I was, you know, really scraping by with, I'm an, I have an art degree. I'm a painter and with my, I was teaching art, all different types of jobs. And so I got a, I was signing in at the front desk at the yoga studio. And so that's how I really got into it there. Um, and was able to make the yoga work for me. And I just was really blessed with a beautiful community and beautiful teachers. And I was lucky that I found kind of a second home for myself there. And that's where I did my yoga teacher training. And then I guess the rest yeah, is history. You're so lucky. I mean, the newer generation, because I'm getting older and I used to live in Turkey. So how I started yoga was literally by books by myself because <laughs> there was literally not many people, especially I was living in the w very west of Turkey, very mm -hmm. near to Greek islands, Izmir area. And there wasn't even one yoga teacher. And because people, and this is, you know, what I'm talking about is like around 26 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, a long time ago. And people, because there was a, I remember the time there was a cartoon 
uh, car- cartoon and his name was Yogo. And when I told people yoga, I'm opening up a yoga studio and people like, Yogo? No, no, yoga, Yogo, no, yoga. <laughs> so I remember the first days and I used to, Uh, maybe around 30 years ago. So I was in the university. I was actually in high school when I started yoga by myself, by books, because I didn't have a teacher. And then when I went to Istanbul, I started joining some courses. So I took some courses. And then I was lucky enough to go to the Vivekananda University in India and get my trainings there. And uh, yeah, and I opened up the first yoga studio ever in the west of Turkey when people were saying she opened up a yoga studio. <laughs> I mean, that's a yoga studio. That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Huh? And yeah, and uh, how did you cross? I mean, how did you uh, also uh, end up with breath work? And what's what's the place of breath work in your life right now? Um, all of my classes start with connecting with the breath. Um, I believe that centering, grounding, being in the present moment, my meditation practice, how I teach mindfulness and meditation, it all starts with the breath. I'm also a transformational coach. So every client call, I meet my clients on Zoom and we start with breath work and then I'll guide them into a meditation. But before that, it's big breath in. It's kind of like out. it's kind of like how I see this helping people to you know we're in this rush the whole time and we're yeah. doing this we're doing that and you know it's kind of like a way to because you can't just sit down and really sit down and just leave the world behind it's kind of like the best tool and the scientific also way because it changes your chemistry to just bring you back you know into yourself just you know to, to leave the world behind. I don't know what people would be doing if we didn't have breath work, like with meditation, with, you know, bringing yourself back to the moment. It kind of like helps us to just, okay, let's just stop. and Right. Oh. Yeah. And you're right. Scientifically, it's um, igniting our um, parasympathetic nervous system. So our rest and digest, we're calming down, you know, I've dealt with some anxiety and I've, I help my clients with anxiety and you can't have a panic attack if you are breathing in slowly and breathing out slowly. Yeah. And it helps just calm the whole nervous system. And you're right with, I believe so much in connecting within and connecting to the present moment. And how do we do that? How do we link mind and body to be one? Well, that's the breath. The breath is that threshold to the present moment. So one crazy question, what's the, do you have a kind of like a crazy story uh, during your classes? Like one time I was speaking to one of my friends, he was a guest in one of our meditation events, maybe you know of him, Light Watkins, he's a, you know, famous meditation teacher. And he told us the story of when he was trying to, and highlight if you're listening, (laughs) uh, once he was, in a class and when people were all, you know, with closed eyes and everything and he was trying to light up some candles and he burned the whole <laughs> curtains. <laughs> Everybody woke up panic. <laughs> oh, Do no. you have kind of like a very crazy story during your uh, during your sessions and classes? I can't think of a crazy story from when I've been leading. Um, 
when, so my husband and I went through a big transition. We quit our jobs in Connecticut and we're both from Massachusetts. So we were ready to, after five years in Connecticut, we were ready to move and to kind of get that adventure going. I kept saying to Mike, my husband, let's go to Bali. We have to go to Bali. We have to go to Bali until he was like, we should go to Bali. (laughs) So I made it happen. And so we went for a month, which it was funny because, you know, when we met people from all over the world that aren't from the States, they said, you quit your job to travel for a month. We get a month off work from our jobs. And we're like, this is just, everyone thought we were being so, uh, you know, crazy. Yeah. For doing that here. Cause that's just the culture. Um, but we were doing yoga almost every day. We even went to a silent retreat there and meditation retreat, but there was this one Hatha yoga class where we're chanting during it. This was in Changu in Bali. And after Shavasana, um, he let us just kind of sit in a seated meditation for a while. And this has happened to me like a couple times since, but I was, that was the most meditative state I've ever been in where I was just, I was seeing like pulses of purple and blue and pink. And afterwards I said to Mike, like my experience. And he was, he said, me too. So that was, that's probably my most wild meditation story. Wow, interesting. Maybe it was because of the teacher. Yeah, that teacher was definitely powerful. And the whole practice was, and I'm a vinyasa teacher, so that was also just a different type of practice. And it's nice Mm. with all the different types of yoga that there is, it can offer us just a new experience and a new intention with when you're going to class. I know for a lot of yogis, they start for the physical um, yeah. asana, for the practice, for exercise. And then once you go and you realize, oh, wow, it's so much more than just the physical. Yeah. And I think with yoga, I don't know your ideas, would love to learn it. I mean, in my own experience, I think with yoga, you need different yoga styles, like even every other day. It's like, it, it just changes throughout the whole time. It's like in my 20s and with breathwork as well. It's like with breathwork 20 years ago, the breathwork methods I used and liked using like transformational breathing, rebirthing, holotropic breathing. I don't feel like I need them anymore. It's kind mm-hmm. of like my breathing has settled down. I was a shallow breather. I needed deeper breathing techniques. Now I'm more like settled in my, in a more settled energy. I need more you know, soft, natural breathing techniques. And also with yoga, like sometimes I need more yin. Sometimes I love vinyasa. Sometimes I like hatha. Sometimes I just like just standing in one pose for a couple of minutes or, you know, just staying there and uh, yeah. you just enjoy that. It's, it's just such a, uh, I think we, we're living in such a privileged time Um with all these practices available. And like I said, I needed to learn from a book. Now I can just go to anywhere around the world and find a yoga studio and just join a yoga class and meet another yoga teacher, which is just, I find it amazing. It's because I travel a lot, not for the past few years, but I've been traveling a lot and going all around the world. You can literally find a yoga studio where you, wherever you go. Or meet. go on YouTube, or there's yeah, so many platforms yeah. online as well. 
um, that make it so accessible. And you're so right. Like I love waking up in the morning and really listening to my body and, and asking, okay, what would feel good for me today? What am I craving? And then that's the type of yoga or other physical activity I'll give myself. And I think that's a beautiful testament to um, the mind-body connection and my connection to my breath and being able to um, know what feels right for me and not just physically, also just in my heart and mentally. And that's, yeah. and knowing, having that connection with yourself helps you just live life in alignment and live living fully and living mm -hmm. a life that's true and beautiful for you and not to what society tells you yeah. or what your friends or family or others yeah, we've been we've been speaking about this a lot lately with the podcasts i've been leading and i think this is the time when we started realizing that all the shoulds and couldn'ts and all those like the ideas it's like yeah whenever the you know voice of the inside becomes louder than the voice of the outside then you start living your life naturally and so purely and still I mean, even though there are a lot of people doing yoga, a lot of people meditation, I think there isn't that many people who are brave enough to just choose their own path. I think that's kind of like the biggest thing to be talked about. And how how was it for you? Because I know from my own journey that it was tough because first you need, to, it's kind of like you're part of a group because we as humans need, have a need to belong. And you're part of this group your whole life in your teenage years, whatever. And then you're kind of like, I mean, I was there, like kind of woke up one day and said to myself, I don't want to live my life like this. This is meaningless. It's just, I literally saw that whole conditioning and I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I looked at my life and it was kind of like a picture and I couldn't see myself in it. And I thought to myself, okay, I need to stop. So I started meditation, yoga. This was in my 20s. I went to India and, you know, started Vipassana and meditation, just spent a lot of time on my own. And only then I could really understand myself and what I want from for my life beyond all the conditioning and rights and wrongs of the society. And when I came back, of course, life wasn't the same for me anymore. And it's kind of like my whole life started transforming because I left one group of people and there I was, you know, connecting, connected with other people, having soulful, more soulful relationships. But it was such a change. It's kind of like your connection with one group ends and then you start building more real, more deep, you know, connections. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of like when I look back, I see that I was, you know, really brave. And there are not many people who can do that still. I mean, even though many people talk about that, I think that's kind of like a huge step. Totally. Like just going after yourself and your own path and, you know, just leaving everything be behind no matter what. It's kind of like you came to a place where you're like, even if I'm just me and alone, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, this is it. Thank you for sharing that and for just saying how, how much bravery it takes because it does. And it's such a beautiful reminder for me. I feel emotional thinking about it. Yeah. It, 
I, I feel like my intuition has always been really loud. So I've always been on the right path, following my creativity and my passions. However, it always felt hard. And I really used to identify my younger 20s with the struggling artist mentality. I was a struggling artist. In college, we almost took, my friends and I, there was some pride in being that struggling artist, right? And then, you know, I was comparing myself to my partner, working a corporate, he was working a corporate nine to five job. And I thought, am I doing something wrong? I was work, I was teaching art classes at night. I was, had a part-time art teaching job with children at a school. And then once I became a yoga teacher, I was doing that. So I was running around everywhere, kind of hustling, but really making it work. Um, To the point when I left Connecticut, I had a beautiful life that I created in a beautiful community. Um, But to get to that point, it took a lot of, I guess, trusting in myself, trusting that it was always going to work out. And without the yoga and the meditation and breath work being a part of my life, then I don't think I would have cultivated that sense of trusting in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so even after Bali, I, my husband and I moved in with my parents and this was all right before the pandemic. And I started looking for jobs and, you know, maybe working at an art gallery, you know, still things in my field, but everything just felt soul sucking. And I was really sad. I was really, really sad. And I was feeling really sentimental about the life that I built and left in Connecticut. And um, I just had in my heart, like, I want to be a coach. I want to coach women. I want to, I want to be a coach. And so I got my um, health coach, holistic health coaching certification And it was really scary to invest in myself. I also invested in other money mindset coaches. And since then, I that's what I'm doing. So I support, I'm investing in myself and being the best version of me. And, you know, I have to practice what I preach with my clients. So I need to get my, I deserve support as well. Um, but it was it was a struggle and it took a lot of yeah. self-belief to listen to like my inner whispers, to listen to what excited me, even though the unknown was s- so scary. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it, it wasn't like I would get my um, coaching cer- certificate and have a job offered to me. I had to create the business for myself. I still do every day, but it, it's working out. I mean, it's working out greater than I could have imagined. And whenever I feel um, nervous or doubt or worry, I remind myself um, it's all, it always works out greater than you could have planned, greater than you could have imagined. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think we pay the price for every step we take in life. So it's kind of like you either for our listeners We have two choices in life. You either take one step to a life that is very fulfilling for you and it's rewarding for yourself. And from the outside, it can just look as silly and as stupid as it gets. You know, when people look at your life, you're like, what's this about? You know, or you choose, you know, the uh, 
I mean, this is kind of like the unchosen, but the other path is kind of like the path which many people choose. You don't live a fulfilling, extraordinary life. You don't get to live any extraordinary stuff. You're like just this standard life, but you're not risking anything and you're right. just part of the crew. And you pay the price in both of them. Like in one of them, you might be, you know, not fulfilled or not have extraordinary, yeah, Uh, an extraordinary life in the other one you struggle a lot and you have to leave a lot of things behind you're just going to an unknown it's hard to explain but then it's so rewarding like for your own right. self and you have to trust so much in your vision so in the beginning yeah. when from the outside you look crazy <laughs> like parents or friends family society thinks you're crazy yeah. um it's you have to trust in your vision so much that You know, I've always said, they'll see. I'm going to make this work, even though they might have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I think we have we we have gone through similar paths. I've, I remember my dad uh, making a huge conversation on, because I was trained as an architect, and oh. I, you know, it's it was all about science, and then I moved into behavioral health sciences and all that, and I decided one day I'm going to be a meditation and breathwork teacher, and they were like, What does that exactly mean? <laughs> like I said, yoga, you know, yoga studio, <laughs> yoga. And it was such a struggle. And at one point, uh, you don't even, I mean, it's like when your vision is clear and when you're, you know, you hear intuitively, like for me, it was kind of like a calling like mm -hmm. from my heart, like this is it. When that happens, and I think that happens through breath work and meditation, it's kind of like if you're doing breath work regularly, if you're meditating regularly, doing yoga regularly, like spending time with yourself inside your own energy regularly, you cannot run away from yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like for those who are listening to us, if you have an intention of running away from yourself, like running away from how you feel, who you are, your calling, Don't do breath work, don't do meditation, <laughs> because at one point you can't. It's like your whole life will change, and at one point you won't be able to even, yeah, even stop it. Yeah. And that was that for me. It's like, you know. And it's scary at first, but it's so rewarding if you listen to the your intuition, you listen to your inner whispers, and... Yeah, you're so right. Turning inwards, listening to your breath, meditating, connecting with yourself. That is how you get your intuition to um, be louder. And then you yeah. can't, for me, I couldn't not listen to it, even though I, I was trying, I was, exactly. I fought it and it was hard at first. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine having lived life differently i can't yeah either you fight it or the society fights you know it's the, right yeah it's still be bravery yeah if there was thank you this is just a beautiful conversation deep deep thank you very much thank for you being who so you are. much <laughs> so if there was one thing you would like to teach humanity like if there was one thing you would like humans to understand like this is the thing i want them to get what would that be great question I would say it's life is kind of all about a deep remembering and I've in the work I do with my coaching clients, I've realized I'm not trying to teach anyone anything. My job is to give them space to reflect and to show up for themselves and to believe in themselves 
and to give them space to remember who they really are and to unlearn all the noise that society tells us what you should do and how life should be lived and how you make money and how you feel security. Mm -hmm. Security doesn't come from anything outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Abundance and love, it all comes from within ourselves. And so it's all about remembering that and that inward connection with your breath and with your, and meditating. That's how you remember that you get to connect with yourself and in turn you're connecting with others and you're connecting with the universe. Yeah. We are such rebels. <laughs> We are such rebels. I love it. <laughs> okay. For rebels, come to Breath Up. Yes. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you you're so beautiful. much. And uh, I love what you've what you've been saying in the last and last parts. Like it's I think it's all about You know, gaining the wisdom mm. to give space and respect for just someone to just be they are. And I think that's just true love. And yeah. And if, if, like, we could have more of that, I think things would be different, huh? I think so, too. <laughs> and I'll yeah. lastly say, when I catch myself feeling anxious or feeling overwhelmed, I realize, okay, I'm out of alignment here. And when I'm in alignment... And when I'm trusting in myself, I'm loving myself. And when I'm out of alignment, perhaps I'm taking life too seriously or I am taking life too seriously. And I just remind myself enjoying life is what this living thing is all about. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And it's all about enjoying the sad and happy and everything. Yes, it's and embracing it, all oh. the beautiful, all the tragic, embracing it all. Yeah. That's living fully, yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having It me. It feels great to have you in the world. <laughs> Thank with you. Us. <laughs> Thank you, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to us. I love you listening to us. <laughs> uh, see you in the next episode.